Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, returnee from rock bottom and a gratefully recovering addict. And this is the podcast where we aim to rid the shame. The highs and lows and deadly blows that ultimately led us to the lessons that we never knew we needed to learn but are so grateful that we did. So, anxiety... It's something that the majority of us will struggle with at some point in our lives. What causes the anxiety, though, tends to alter over the course of time, depending on environment, life, all that, etc. Things that once seemed untouchable or unbelievably frightening become less so. But reprogramming our brains to see things differently takes a lot of work. My guest, comedian Thomas Green, and I are discussing all this and more today. Okay, so it is 2015. 2015, what a year. I don't know why I always, I literally say what a year every single time. We could be talking about 1887. I'm like, oh, God, what a, what a time. Fuck knows what was happening. It's only 15. But um, I don't know if anyone's ever been to Rickmansworth, but Rickmansworth is essentially a part of London that doesn't feel like London at all. It feels like... Hertfordshire. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be a lot of it. It's Hertfordshire. It's bloody lovely. Um, but... Uh, but but weirdly, and this is also taking place in October, which is my favourite month of the year, but clearly not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> not good enough for my guest today. So it is October in Rickmansworth 2015, and in this moment, Tom, why do you think you've got no friends? Oh, because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I just moved to the country, right. so I didn't have any friends. Literally. Um, literally. Uh, no, I... Um, 
I struggle with anxiety and at the time I'd just moved from Australia mm-hmm. in August 2015. Um, I'd left a very, uh, I talk about this in my shows, mm. but I was in um, a very religious cult situation in Australia. Wow. Um, and um, a lot of anxiety stemmed from that. And then I left it all, met my now British fiancé in Melbourne and then moved here. And then I found myself in Rickmansworth in a friend's backyard after a night at the pub, the coach and horses, as you probably know it, um, in <laughs> Like the is it like the garden house or what do you call it out in the garden? How you've got like a little outhouse where people can be like, like, a shed, what? like in someone's backyard. Not, oh, right. No, not at the pub. <laughs> not the beer garden. Oh, like a little, like a little. Um, oh, a fucking. Oh God, they sell them at the bloody garden centre. You know what I'm talking about. You go outside and there's a little house you can sit in. Yeah, people like go out there for pints or whatever in their house in the yeah. summer or in the winter, wherever. A summer house. So they're all in there. And everyone um, is just chilling, having mm. some bevs. Mm. And then they just pulled out a few bags of weed and I was trying my absolute best not to have a panic attack because drugs for me mm. just associated with like from growing up, it was mm. a big no-no. Really? And so I was just in that situation really panicking because I was in this tiny little, I guess, hot box. Yeah. And I was hotboxing with everyone. Yeah. And I'd never experienced such close quarters to drugs. And I was there in this moment, just sat there just like, oh, God. And also I had, you know, my, at the time, new girlfriend that I'd just moved across the world for. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be cool and chilled in this moment. But I'm sort of like... She knew I struggled a little bit with anxiety and so I sort of just gave her a little like mm. tap on the leg like, hey, like I'm mm. – and she's like looked at me like, chill out. And I was like – Hey, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, boomer. No. <laughs> but that was like literally I was in that moment – and uh, oh, hi, Caddy. Um, I am. Um... <laughs> this is Nikki as a part of the. Nikki's throwing the chat, everybody. Yeah, she has. She's yeah. walking in, just like, yeah, what's going on? I wonder if she can spell my cats on me. That's it, bro. Um, okay, so like, <laughs> she's she's going, hey man, be cool, and you're kind of just trying to be. Featured <laughs> with a cat. Then. <laughs> <laughs> the cat's coming, going, hey man, be cool. <laughs> I've just been outside for a talk. Yeah. <laughs> Chill no, out a this, bit. This whole situation just reads to me like a sort of after-school special. Yeah. <laughs> Someone being yeah. like, "Hey, take," and everyone holds the spliff like I don't like this or like this, and like I'm oh, sorry for the obviously obviously <laughs> those listeners. I'm sort of holding it in a way that you would not, one would not hold a spliff. But <laughs> they're going, "Hey." <laughs> Take it, and then a big sign comes up going, "If you smoke weed, you will die." Why are you holding it like a coffee? <laughs> That's how far. This spliff is quite hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we um, it was because uh, I think I'd never seen like I've seen people because of comedy. I did a little bit of comedy um, mm. before I came over, a little bit of stand up. Um, but I used to be a teacher, so I was sort of like doing, yeah, yeah, I was a primary teacher in Adelaide and I was doing a little bit of um, stand-up out there before I moved over. Uh-huh. 
And so I'd seen during the festivals and stuff, I'd seen people taking drugs and doing drugs, but I was always able to be removed from it. Yeah, it was slightly separate from it, yeah. Yeah, and because my brother growing up did a lot of the drugs and a lot of the harder things, Mm. um, so I kind of, you know, did rehab and stuff, so I always associated that with that. So I was then in this moment in Hotboxville with everyone sort of packaging or the lads really packaging up what they were doing but that I didn't realise that you could have it like blocked like they were mm, like mm, it was mm, like mm. a you know <laughs> sort of like taking it out of the our full paper wrapping mm. and they were sort of doing their thing and I was like what is happening <laughs> and I was like it smells quite strong in here <laughs> so that moment that anxiety really flooded in and I didn't really cope well with it. Right, okay. Because I think, um, yeah, for me, anxiety sort of was always a thing that I'd had since childhood. Right. Like when I was five, I went to psychologist as, wow. as a five-year-old kid because I just never really understood. I used to, have, used to call it um, my worries. Yeah, so yeah, So I was yeah. five and I'd just feel anxious. But we discovered what it was as there was um, some just stuff happening at the school. That yeah. sort of would set me off and I'd feel anxious and paranoid. Okay. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I sort of grew up with anxiety and it came in and out. And then when I was a teenager, it sort of came back in quite heavy. Mm. Um, and I was sort of always dealing with it. Um, like, But it, I say dealing with it, but, mm. like, not really. Like, because mm-hmm. I also didn't like to open up and talk about it with what I called a worry doctor. Sure. <laughs> yeah, a psychologist. Yeah. So, um, you know, it caused me to miss out on quite a lot of things in my teenage years. Like I remember like I didn't go to our year nine school camp, mm. which everyone had the best time ever because I went literally went out in the bush for a week, so all your mates, and I didn't go because I was like, I don't sleep well at night, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 I know. So, yeah, fast forward to like me as an adult and I had just gone, fuck this in Adelaide and moved to the UK. Yeah. And I was just so exposed like yeah. because I just was like, oh, my God, I've literally – I mean, it would be stressful for anyone. Yeah. So just, I've never been to the country, by the way. I've never even visited London. And I just flew in to Heathrow like, right, new life, new me. Jesus. And then, yeah. And we are not the friendliest people. There's <laughs> <laughs> me. Hey, Gowan. What's up? <laughs> How are you going? So this is the tube. We don't speak to anybody. <laughs> Which now, by the way, it's, I, I do have to apologise as well. Like if I pick up on your accent, it happens it. all the time because I, yeah, I, I feel like I've assimilated fully to British culture yeah. and particularly like the South, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 100%. I, I, like my, I like my own space sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like to just sort of listen to my AirPods, listen to my music. I love it though. I also get very impatient with people. You're so fucking impatient. I have become the angriest driver. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I kind of, look, I'm I, I, I'm going to be honest, and this is going to sound like um, <laughs> full of myself, but mm. I always pride myself on being someone who's friendly and kind that people want to be around because right. I always would want people to be that way. So I sort of emulate, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I just 100%. like getting along. I never like conflict. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's the other problem with my anxiety is I could never challenge people. I always oh, just. No, I have that. Yeah. Can't, like, can't at all. Can't challenge people. No, I'd just like, much okay. rather just hold on to it because then at least I can control it. Yes. Rather than <laughs> handing it to someone else when I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. It's like, <laughs> do you know what? It's like having, having yeah, one totally. of those volcanoes. You know when you made a volcano for a school project at yeah. school? Not me, because my parents never helped me with anything. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, 
you know, when you, it's like baking soda and vinegar or whatever. Yeah. You can pour it. That's how I feel about conflict is that if I go pour the vinegar and it's going to go, boom. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, sorry, Nikki. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki just shot himself. And everyone, <laughs> everyone around the classroom is watching, going, "Whoa!" Whoa! Oh, oh, Whoa! Oh my god, this is so messy. Who's going to clear this up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. That's how I feel about fucking conflict. At least, if like, if I hand over my upset to somebody else, I don't know how they're going to handle it. Mm. But at least if I keep it to myself, then I know I know what to do. Yeah, Just pack it away in a Danny box. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah I uh it was it was kind of like that in that moment just I think more than several moments but then sort of like coming here I think and adapting to such a it is a different culture yeah totally but also like lifestyle um the amount of people yeah do you know because I'm from Adelaide which Adelaide it's a capital city of South Australia but it's also the smallest city so everyone kind of talks about it being like a glorified country town. Really? Because it's not a big city. Okay. Like there's a few million people in Adelaide, but it's quite spread out over the suburbs, do you know what I mean? Right. Because then I come to London and I was like, <gasps> yeah. oh my God, Metropolis. this is crazy. Mm. And then um, and my first few months were in Watford. So, <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> I was on a particular... I'm, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was on this one particular road because basically my mate from uni, he was teaching over here at the time and I was moving across and uh, he needed a flatmate and he goes, the timing of this is incredible. So it all lined up amazingly well. Right. And so I made the transition pretty smooth and um, being a teacher at the time as well, like it was pretty easy to get everything sorted, supply teaching, NI number, all that, you know. people trust you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, I come across it like, and also I had the, the smoothness of transition. Yeah, um, was the fact that you know my mum's Glaswegian. So, oh really? Yeah, so I got my Shit. British passport like that. So I had the, the easy transitions coming over. So I was like, this is easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then my first week and a half living on uh, Whippendale Road in Watford, it's quite a long stretch. And at the time, because right now I drove back down there the other, the other week. and um, well, just have a look. Just have a little cheeky little peek. No, I was just driving through Watford. Yeah. And um, I just went, oh, I'll go via Whippendale. Yeah. And it's changed heaps. Like there's heaps more stuff built. But when I was there, there was this big block of like industrial buildings and it was and right. it was very overcast and grey and I hadn't seen the sun. <clears throat> and I actually, I genuinely think I got the sads because yeah. I was like, I didn't have any vitamin D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. what is happening? And so that was, um, I think that added to it all was I was like, I have just come totally, <laughs> essentially yeah. empty-handed to another country. Yeah. Um, and living on a road uh, which was quite grey and the particular area I was was quite bleak. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and I was supply teaching. I didn't have a car at the time, so it was just me and buses. Mm. And it's, and the reason I say that is not more public transport or anything because I use it all the time, but I think the freedom of having a car mm. and being able to go to <clears throat> schools that I wanted to supply teach at, whereas opposed to having a localised area that I could only work in. Sure, yeah. So it was seeing the same things all the time Yeah. Um, within like a, you know, a rideable stretch if I was pushed bike or whatever. So and if you've got ADHD, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. That's so tough. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm seeing the same thing. I'm not being stimulated. I can't. Yeah, I, I need it to. It freaks you out. Yeah, I need to be out and about and seeing different things and meeting new people. 
Um, so yeah, I felt my anxiety was quite peaky. Yeah. When I first moved over. And then you got shoved in the hot box. Mm-hmm. Shoved in the hot box. Yeah. And there I was, and um, so if my now fiance was sort of like, just chill out, man. Yeah, like, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, she knew that it was fine. I'll be absolutely fine. <clears throat> Um, and I sort of just removed myself from it, from memory. Mm. And we didn't stay for that much longer because it was the end of the night anyway. Mm. Um, and I sort of associated uh, those guys doing that with it, not necessarily being wrong, but I was like, I didn't know how to be okay with it myself. Mm. So I think I was sort of a learning curve, like, you know, hey, this isn't necessarily like a bad Situation mm-hmm. because I'd only ever associated uh, drugs with negativity, right? Um, and I'm not here to advocate drugs, but I, just mean, <laughs> I don't <laughs> but like, see drugs be bad when hey guys, <laughs> there's some positives, there's some real positives out there. <laughs> but the only times I'd ever seen things were. People. I feel like maybe it's like to the excess of it being bad, of like it yeah. being um, it not being like a managed thing, it being a very like dangerous thing yes so i'd only ever seen um you know the ambos at a music festival looking Mm. after people who'd overdosed or Mm, mm, mm. my brother in a rehab center Mm. or do you know what i mean Mm. like um or um i'd seen some people um you know take acid at a comedy festival and then you know go absolutely bananas on stage and yeah, and, yeah. and I was like oh my god it was just yeah, yeah, I'd always yeah. associate it with like because as I think what it was was the the control factor yeah so with anxiety and we're saying with ADHD and anxiety yeah. not having control freaks you the fuck out freaks you out so I felt like I personally could mm. never do drugs because I was I felt like so I don't drink anymore do you not no just so yeah yeah girl <laughs> <laughs> yes queen <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you. Um, But, yeah, so I I feel like because with drinking, I felt like I never went to to excess anyway Mm. um, because I could never really handle it. So (laughs) That's where we differ. (laughs) You're a pro. Whereas, like, I feel like I could moderate in terms of, like, if you have a certain amount of drinks, you know, sort of around where you're going to feel, unless you, of course, you know, start doing shots, whatever. But, you know, if you have a few pints, you know what you're going to be at four. Yeah. Whereas I thought that you couldn't really monitor it with weed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've sort of just got to go with it and I yeah. didn't have the carefree nature yeah. of of being lack of control of a situation to right. just roll with it. Well, I guess as far as you were concerned that you could take two puffs of it and then be on a stage <laughs> at Glasgow, like <laughs> getting in a headlock with fucking Bon Jovi, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 36, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Thomas, how was Woodstock? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that's where my my anxiety throughout my whole life stemmed from mm. lack of control. And that, like back in primary school, mm. it was 
these kids who were naughty, so to speak, mm. and acting up, and mm. I was a good little kid. Mm. So I would see that and not be able to have control of that situation. Mm. And I would feel anxious because I was like, oh my God, like, you know, the teacher hasn't seen them do that. And yeah. oh my, you know what I mean? No, I, I know exactly <clears throat> what you mean. And actually, that's like, um, something I haven't really thought about before uh, and something that I did a lot as well. And I literally had that hasn't even entered my conscience. So like that was probably anxiety. Oh, wow. But going, um, because I don't know about you, but I find it if, say, um, I'm, in, I'm in a room with a few people and two of them are like, their energy is like really angry or like really upset mm. or like there's something going on. Even if I'm not a part of it, I'll be like, oh, my God, there's something, there's something happening and I can't, I, I can't be normal yeah, right now. Yep. And it's just that thing of, like, I don't know if it's something to do with being with them, an empath or being ADHD or just having severe anxiety when you're like, this thing is happening and I cannot not ignore it. I cannot not take this thing on as mm. well. Because there are some people who are like, oh, that's not a fucking thing. I don't care. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I'm like... <laughs> 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 Guys, someone, someone's got to do something about this. Um, and I th- and yeah. when it stems from, like, such an early age, and I, I really hated getting in trouble. I yeah. Really oh, my God. I know exactly what you mean. I, I don't know if you felt this, but yeah. I used to have it when we had a really strict deputy principal or head teacher. Oh, there always fucking is. Always. My- <laughs> and... <laughs> My secondary school, my secondary school deputy headmistress was called Una. I will never, ever forget that because what, if you're called Una, Una. absolutely no way you're doing anything else with your life other than wear grey and be a deputy school headmistress. I believe Una does mean grey. Una. Una. (laughs) I'm sure there are many beautiful Unas out there. In fact, I think I know one, but it was was UNA and it was terrible. (laughs) We had a Mr. Wyatt in primary school and um, he had the strongest aftershave. Like, what I mean is, this is how terrifying this man was, okay? You knew if you were sent on an errand from your teacher to a different classroom to go get some extra paper or whatever, you would know if Mr. Wyatt had been in there and told a class off because (gasps) they'd be dead quiet and it smelt of him. That's how scary this oh, guy was. Oh, <laughs> it my was It was so bad. How do you think he felt walking away from those situations? I was think he, he like... fucking loved it. <laughs> Prick. He fucking loved it. He did. He walked out like, oh, 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 more tears for my juice jar. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few more and the spell will be complete. Yeah, I swear he didn't drink water. He just had... Yeah, just, children's tears. Yeah, he's had children's, children's tears. tears. Fucking hell! But oh no, sorry, you were say, you were saying something about um, the deputy head, the deputy head teachers, or the head teachers. Oh yeah, so he would come into the classroom, right? Or um, you know, it happened in secondary school with different teachers, but I just remember specifically him. That when he came in, you knew it was him pulling someone out to tell them off. An incident had occurred. Mm. He kind of dealt mm. with the discipline in the school. Mm. So, because our head teacher was like the nicest man ever. Like, because mm. I used to do athletics, and I remember um, I was talking about this the other day. That mm. I remember going into the office, running an errand again. Remember, he always ran errands, mm. and I went to the head teacher's um, near the, the front office, and he like got me to do like, "Oh, stop what you're doing." 
come and uh, show me how you cut out of the blocks when you do a sprint start. Like he was such a lovely oh, head teacher. Oh. He knew every kid. He knew what you were into. That's the thing. Whereas the deputy, Mr. Wyatt, was Couldn't just. <laughs> it was like good cop, bad cop. You know? Like he'd come in just like, what have you done? Um, <laughs> no one's this nice. Yeah. No, but no, I, um, so I was going to say was he, he would come into the room and I had this and I hadn't done anything wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd done absolutely nothing wrong. It's like when you're driving down the road and you see a cop car yeah. and you go, fuck, are they here for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all I've been doing is driving. Yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. sped. I've done nothing wrong. I haven't even looked at my phone. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when he walked in, I was so scared that I was going to be in trouble and I always thought it was for me. Yeah. And it was that – and I think – you know, I don't even know what I think that stemmed from. The fear of being in trouble, like you are saying. Yeah. But also why the fuck did I think it was for me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I do. Because I was not a naughty kid. No. It's like um, – uh, I think it's just, like, it, it's just a certain amount of catastrophe – of going, this would be the scariest thing that can happen. Yeah. It's the same way, like, um, sort of weird backstory of, um, like, there are these tunnels in um, uh, near Highgate, mm-hmm. um, which, like, they're old train tunnels and there's little openings that you can get into and oh, wow. walk along. They're fucking, they're, like, they are the darkest, darkest thing Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. They're they're like pitch black. And I remember going and going in there and going like a little jaunt in there. And in my head, I was like, I know that probably the worst thing in here is going to be another person. That is is genuinely the worst thing that can be in here. Yeah, yeah. That is actually terrifying. (laughs) But... Don't watch (laughs) Pennywise or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Sounds like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he does. Um, honey. <laughs> you know what I mean? He sounds just like that. If you're in the middle of a tunnel and someone goes, honey, <laughs> you would, I reckon you'd learn how to fly. Because you <laughs> Shit, like a fucking piece of dynamite up the arse. But like, but in, and I was like, the worst thing that can be in here is another person. And also, I wasn't on my own. I was with somebody else. Right. I was like, the worst thing that can be in here is another person. And we can scarf it. It'll be fine. But I was like, but what if... Yeah. What if this is where the Babadook lives? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? What I an Australian like, reference. Rationally, yeah. I know that it's not. But then I was like, well, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> that thing could that can follow me home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether it's in a yeah. story or in a book, you can't get rid of the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so terrifying. So terrifying. But it was like, but it's that thing of going, you rationally know yeah. that it's not for you. But the idea of it being something else is so terrifying that you're like, so terrifying. I, it's the same way that monsters under the bed, where you have to jump off. I always had to like propel, like I was doing the fucking long jump yeah. off the bed because I was like, something's going to grab me. Yeah. And you know, it's not. Yeah. I want to go back to you in the in the hot, hot pod. <laughs> hot pod. <laughs> the hot box in Rickmansworth. When this sort of happening, what kind of transpired after that? Were you did you just sort of stay in the environment? Did you get yourself out? Like what? what I went remember on? acting, trying to cool, calm, and collected. Sure. And removing myself. So just going to the kitchen. I think when I got a drink, someone else came out to get a drink, and I sort of stalled them by having a conversation, nice. chatting, having a nice way because I felt safe in that environment mm. to just have a chat in the kitchen. Mm. 
and so we're just chatting away. And so I think that's what happened. Then sort of went back in, and then I think, as I was saying, it was the end of the night. Sort of left. Mm. Um, but this sort of fear went on for a while because, of course, at festivals and things, and then moving into comedy full time, mm. you see a lot of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people, and so people are so loose with it. Oh like, God, yeah, it's it's fucking brazen. It's the same with um with acting. Mm. Sorry, guys, I'm not outing you all, but we all fucking know. Like it's it is it's brazen <laughs> yeah. as shit, and yeah. it's it's like it's quite. Um, I think especially like being a, a sober person, mm. you are more aware of just like how loose it is, yeah. and it becomes and it's difficult to let it sort of silkily slide by as easily as you Yeah, and I think as well because. So for different drugs are popular here. Yeah. As opposed to Australia. Australia obviously has a lot of weed, but also there's a, um, a big meth issue. I was going to say, is it the meth? Yeah. There's a meth. But you see that and people want to make go, oh, meth, don't touch it because yeah. you see people. Cocaine, fine. but the, <laughs> This is the thing though. Cocaine yeah. in Australia is so unbelievably expensive. Hardly any, it's not as accessible as the UK. And a lot of people here have cocaine. And yeah. I started seeing that a lot in these festivals and places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And for me, that was a movie drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, Johnny Depp Blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Biggie like, Nights. Yeah, like, it's... <laughs> yeah, like why... I'm a mum of the movies. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, everyone does cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, that for me, I was like, whoa. And then I'd sort of be like, oh, like has it... Like my anxiety would kick in, I'd be like, "Oh my god, that person just did that right next to me." Yeah, and uh, has that powder somehow come up into my airways? Oh shit! So I used to and I was like, like yeah, 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 like yeah. oh, um, I'd freak out, and I'd be like, "Oh, did they? Yeah, were they near my drink? Like, or or, oh, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just that prompt. Um, well, it's that just would a spiral. It literally just goes, blah, 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 and it yep. it's um, it just snowballs out, 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 and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you're going, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, and yeah. also this. It's really terrifying that you can't get back to the root of it and then you're just a jumble of nerves and, like, Yeah, feeling. and because of those feelings and those nerves, mm. you then start to think, maybe I am affected by it. Yeah, exactly. And you exactly. think, is this me or is this the drug? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You left, yeah, this church. Was this a, a, a family thing or was it something? I mean, you don't have to talk about it. No, it's fine. Absolutely fine. Um, when I was young, we were getting to a quite strict church. And right. so I left that church in my teens because I was, so uh, just to sort of backtrack for a second, 
my fear and anxiety, I think from a childhood, I was so scared of hell. Yes. Yeah. So I was too young to understand the concept of what people were throwing at you yeah. with religion. Yeah. And I, you know, you know, indoctrinated from a young age mm. with this ancient text telling me that if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you're going to hell forever. Yeah, threatened with hell every single day. Yeah. yeah it's terrifying. terrifying. No wonder you're fucking scared of getting in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? There you go. Mm. There you go. This, the heart part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, um, I had this... Uh, con- complete fear of hell and then so with my teenage years I didn't want to upset my family too much by leaving our strict Baptist church mm. so I went to what I thought was a cool one right and ended up being kind of like a Pentecostal cult Shit. so I had that influence then when I finally left that at the age of 28 mm. um mm. I went I was you know adult mm. and I had my complete grid and perspective of the world and everything that I've been told flipped because yeah. I left it all and I realised I didn't believe it Yeah, and that this life became way more valuable yeah. because it wasn't about an eternity. Yeah. It was about my life right now and making the most of it. Yeah. So, which is quite freeing, but also it's terrifying to then have that mm. move to a new country. So just before I moved over, I was getting therapy and we're talking through it, and she was like, Jesus Christ, ironically. Um, <laughs> she's like, you've, <laughs> Not him. you've been through a lot. And that's sort of, I think, um, a lot of anxiety was me breaking out of these molds. Yes. And experiencing things that people would probably work through in their adolescent years. Mm. But I was 28 years old mm. and around drugs for the first time mm. and working out where I felt mm. safe mm. and what I felt comfortable with mm. because I'd always been in a community of people, saw the same people every week, did the same thing every week. Like you said, ADHD, I was like, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, fucking terrifying. And so I think uh, my um, perspective being freed mm. along with the fact that I was letting go of a lot of moulds and uh, control factors where I wasn't in control, people controlling me, mm. um, that that caused a lot of anxiety because I was working myself out. Yeah. And so then I was in that hot box. Mm. And I think it wasn't just the drugs. It was also me experiencing a situation for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really, it's not just about the drugs. It's not just about this thing yeah. that's in front of you. It's about going, my God, my my entire life and my entire existence has changed so drastically. Yes, yeah. How am I going to adapt to this situation? 100%. Yeah. I'm in a foreign country. I'm 28 years old, but I'm doing something that a lot of UK people would do when they're 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would smoke weed in the park. Yeah. I never had that. I never did that. I didn't drink yeah. until I was 19, 18, All those 19. guys have been doing it for 15 years. It's like, <laughs> they're it's professionals. Like give a f- literally. <laughs> yeah. Absolute praise. And then, even factor. No. And so I think that for me was a massive eye-opener. Mm. And sort of working through that and over the last however many years now, I've been here for eight years, mm. and I think, you know, anxiety can still flare up here and there with different things. Mm. Um, you know, so I think sometimes it's triggers, but I never – it's never as bad as it was because I think once I let – I think literally once I left religion mm. – and I didn't have this continuous fear of hell mm. um, and demonic things surrounding me and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and that's no disrespect to the people that do believe, but mm. for me I was like, nope. 
And so once I broke free of that, um, that let go of a lot of anxiety. Sure. Because I think that was something that was there from childhood. Yeah. Deep-rooted. Yeah, deep, deep-rooted. Um, and I think people <clears throat> underestimate what it's like to have to reprogram yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Completely. Because having to literally reprogram your entire brain and um, understand for the first time that's something that you believed was like unequivocally true, real. Yep. Anything that's something that you couldn't see an alternative to mm. is maybe not the absolute. It's like it's it's like finding out that I don't know if the fucking Loch Ness monster has been seen in the Thames. You're like that's <laughs> yeah. that's not guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's so stupid. Yeah. And having to like and allowing your brain to open up to a different path is um is so weird yes it's so weird yeah and it's really difficult to do that i think like um the way i described someone the other day is like you kind of you can see something so clearly in front of you and it's often the difference between what we want and what we need but you can see something so clearly it's so present it's like it's really really familiar and then there's this thing that's like a fuzzy figure behind a two-way mirror yeah it's being like woohoo look at me you're like what the fuck is that i'm not going to go towards that yeah it could be anything yeah um and then having the bravery to do it and unlocks so much within you it's just it's like it's just so weird it's so weird having to do it because my sister said to me the other day we're, we're having a little stroll and um she said you know what's really she goes when you think back to it because you were talking about the difference of me now mm. to me eight years ago when mm. she first met me mm. and i was this little worry box and you know very like oh seeing things for the first time mm. and she knew that and she was quite nurturing with that and very helpful with different things mm-hmm. um and then she's saying how much I've grown mm. and matured as a person, um, but also with what I am like now in terms of, you know, anxiety and things and how I am, at my, you know, adapt to situations or whatever. Uh, and she goes, it's crazy to think, she goes, where you were in that moment mm. and you still left Mm. everything you mm. left australia you broke free of it all and mm. you just went fuck it i'm going to the uk she goes that actually she goes oh, no, that actually took a lot of guts to do that that's pretty fucking extraordinary yeah because looking at you now and and sort of like knowing <clears throat> you as you are now um and for her that's just like that's just the norm as mm. it is so it's only like that kind of 2020 hindsight of looking back and going oh my god oh my that god. was you then <laughs> yeah, and you how did that the, how like you now yeah okay sure yeah, yeah, yeah. but then are you kidding me and yeah. actually the kind of um <laughs> the the acknowledgement of that is uh, is really gratifying sometimes when you're like actually jesus that was a really really big thing i did that's yeah. really cool yeah and that's the thing is i think i look back and i go fuck yeah i was all right yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. did do all right and you know i i'm pretty proud of myself that i just upped and moved and and broke free of it all and um, Not just me, but move to Watford. 
That's the bravest bit. And then, and then I left Watford and I went to Nottingham. So brave. For four years. Nottingham? Yeah. Blimey. I know, yeah. No, Soph was doing her master's there at the uni, so we just I moved up there with her. I quite like I did a show in Nottingham once. I, just, I actually really fucking love Knots. It cops a lot of shit, but Knots is great. It cops a lot of shit, but there is a really lovely pub. There it, are many, but there is one particularly really lovely one. And a good music scene. Yeah. And yeah, and great prices because it's a student town. So they've got such great prices. This episode is brought to you by Nottingham. (laughs) (laughs) We'll always match the price, don't worry. (laughs) But yeah, it's actually, I I actually found myself uh, in October last year Mm. in Australia after a show Mm. um, where I took on uh, <laughs> finally eight what seven years later you know October 2022 mm. and I found myself in Perth after a show and with my missus and two comics and one of them offered me a spliff and I was like hmm <laughs> I've come to this moment and I grabbed it like a coffee no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was that big literally <laughs> it's a huge spliff <laughs> This is a split for giants. Yeah. Um, so I, um, yeah, so like I, it was almost like I came full circle because I, I hit this moment where I was, I'd been offered a lot of drugs before mm. and I always went, no, 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 But I sort of stopped and I, and I thought, hmm. And again, I'm not advocating drugs. Mm. But I looked at Soph mm. and she looked at me and she goes, if you want to, I you know, I'll look after you. Aww. And she goes, um, you're with people that you love. Yeah. With one of your best mates in comedy. Yeah. If you want, just, you know, um, we can, um, you can have a bit of fun right now and we'll all look after you sort of thing. And yeah, you're, yeah, with, yeah. you're in the safest position you could be in. Yeah. And I was like, that's a great point. So I had a couple of tokes mm-hmm. and... Um, <laughs> I felt nothing. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be like, because I was still drinking at the time, so I had a couple of pints. Yeah. So I already had a little buzz. Yeah. So I didn't feel anything. So I was like, oh, well, that was okay. Whatever. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then uh, I got arrogant in that moment because I went, I don't feel anything. Yeah. I, I was expecting it to be like the this, this films, the cinema. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Swirly colours. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Whoa, Whoa, man. man. Yeah. Wow. I was going to be like, dude, where's my car sort of thing, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like when you see the dog get high. That's what I thought it was going to be like. Exactly. Felt nothing. So my mate thought it would be hilarious. He gave me my own joint and then I had that to myself. Um, to which Soph at one point was like, okay, maybe just no, have the whole thing. I went to rehab and I've never had my own joint. <laughs> To support things in perspective, Thomas. For all the listeners. And I'm pretty sure I flew around Perth. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. It it um it took a while. Yeah. To to kick in, and um, we went and got Vietnamese, which, by the way, was the best. Oh, idea the best ever. thing you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I got Vietnamese, and then Soph um, went to get menus and stuff, and I'm sat there with her in this restaurant. I remember she she's completely straight, like she was just looking after me being an absolute gem, mm. and the other two had gone back home and um, I was sat in this Vietnamese restaurant on the, on the morning. I'm like, I can't, I can't feel 
climbing and then she got up and left. And when I was on my own. Oh, no, 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 no. That is when I realised, oh. Yeah. Because the, the safety net of Soph being there the whole time, yeah. me feeling quite happy, yeah. everything being fine, I was then alone. Yeah. And that's when I really noticed how yeah. slow the world had become. Yeah. And everything was <sighs> And I was like, oh, my God. So I like did a thing where I left like a voice note to myself because I always do that. When I, f- I used to write things down so that the next day if I read my anxieties, mm-hmm. I realised they were silly. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. quite, quite often it was late at night, get anxious because, mm-hmm. you know, ADHD, you're up late at night thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overthinking and then overanalyzing the overthinking. Um, so I then, yeah, the next um, – I recorded or whatever. And then – but while I was there, I was trying to calm myself down by thinking about something fun. Mm-hmm. And that day we had gone whale watching – which is amazing. Yeah. And we went out on the coast outside Perth and there we were and we were with a marine biologist and a group of people and the marine biologist was great because any questions you could just ask her, she'd tell you whatever you wanted to know. Mm. And we saw a mother whale and a scarf was migration season and she was like, oh, look at them, they're sleeping. And I was like, fuck off, they're swimming. I can see them swimming. How they- <laughs> fuck off, <laughs> you fucking lie. <laughs> Why would you say that? They're not fucking sleeping. I can see them. They're fucking swimming right there. And she goes, no, no, because I'd seen the images of whales like, you know, being vertical in the water or whatever. And I just assumed it's how they slept. And then um, she goes, no. Like starting up. Starting up, yeah. Just bobbing. Bobbing. (laughs) But she said, no, they, um, she goes, they, you can tell that they're sleeping from their, um, their their, uh, swimming patterns. Right. Um, and it's almost like clockwork. Mm. And she goes, they've actually got two sides of their brain. So one side of their brain shuts down and sleeps and the other side is still ticking over and telling them to come up for air while they're unconscious because if they don't manually tell themselves to come up for air because we automatically breathe, they Mm. don't. Mm. And I was like, this is information is amazing, but uh, it's really interesting to know, but it's something I'll never need to think about ever again mm. and I never would know, know that information but then you know when you're alone off your fucking kite mm. at one in the morning mm. in a Vietnamese restaurant you think you have turned your breathing off like a whale mm. <laughs> so mm. I sat there in this restaurant yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like oh my god I think I've turned my breathing off yeah. and I'm trying to like Rejig my breathing. I fucking love this. You never would have known this fact had you not gone whale watching. Exactly. And you're like, look, oh my god, this cannot be a coincidence that I've seen the whales, I've seen them turn their breathing off, and it must be happening to me right now. Fucking hell. Literally, that thought would not even begin to enter your fucking stratosphere (laughs) had you not seen it with Linda, the fucking whale biologist, in the morning. Exactly. Jesus. And then Soph comes back, and I was trying to respond at a rate that was, like, acceptable because yeah. before I was all arrogant having tokes and then I, everything went to shit on mm. my own. So she comes back and she's like, would you like something to eat? Mm. What would you like? Here's the menus. And I remember in that moment being like, okay, you need to respond correctly. Yeah. Not too slow, not too fast. Hit the right frequency mm-hmm. um, because before you were Mr. Fucking Arrogant and now you're part whale. <laughs> I looked at her and I thought I'd responded pretty quickly and I went, have I taken a time to respond? (laughs) 
And she goes, she looks at me and she goes, um, you have been staring at me for four and a half minutes and hyperventilating and making whale noises. <laughs> So apparently I was like Dory in Finding Nemo and like going, (gasps) trying to work out how to breathe. And then I went, have I taken a time to respond? Like it was just the perfect storm of uh, whale worry. But no, I am. Whale worry. (laughs) But that's the thing is like, and then I had the best sleep of my life. But Mm. I'm not advocating drugs, but I think for me that whole thing of I did something that I had feared mm. for years, mm-hmm. took it on, um, and I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to smoke weed now, but mm. I just meant like I just I did it. Well, you did it and then you weren't afraid of it. Exactly. Like, it's, it's just, it's just you want, you, it wasn't um, the fucking boogeyman anymore. Yes, exactly yeah. right. So if I see people now or I smell it because, you know, mm. you're, you're, you're in London. London. <laughs> you smell weed? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always try to work out who it is as well. Yeah, yeah. I always look at the windows yeah. going, who is it? Who, which one of you? <laughs> Smoking. Oh, oh, God, it's a narc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Only me. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> Do you yeah. know that whales don't have everything? <laughs> If you are a guy touching out your own living room and someone pop their head, <laughs> Emily specifically <laughs> pops their head through the window. More little bobbed creature. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Did you know that whales <laughs> can't breathe automatically like humans? <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> Such a ponder on that one. <laughs> you would be so <laughs> You just think on that. Oh, I will, little creature. Farewell. Fucking <laughs> great. That's why I should make a whole TV series and miss me doing that. You're just popping up every now and then telling random facts. <laughs> that would be a great stoner show where they would learn <laughs> information. Would. Yeah. You could pop your head up. <laughs> just talking about different animals' facts. <laughs> uh, oh, let's pitch it. Just do oh. it. <laughs> Done. We've got a show. I can't remember what we've got to. Oh, yeah. So there's like, the, yeah. I mean, on, I'm not advocating the use of drugs. I'm like, really not. Neither of us no, are. No. But there is a certain thing, like, if you're really afraid of something and it is something that is, like, basically part of the culture mm. and to be so afraid of that to then actually take some kind of ownership over it, it does help to... Yeah, it's kind of it. like people who are terrified of heights and then they go and jump out of a plane. Mm. And, I mean, I couldn't. I know I physically couldn't. I, I am terrified. But mm. I always always people when I think, fair play. Mm. Like, mm. if you've taken on something... Because I had a friend who did it, mm. absolutely terrified, and she thought, fuck it. Mm. And she went with her partner and jumped out of a plane mm. skydiving and um, had, the, and like, the adrenaline and everything, and she had the best time ever. And she's then got the footage of that and the evidence of her taking on her fear. Mm. And I'm like, fair play. And I feel like, Jesus. in a way, that's kind of... I know it's a lot more subdued, 
and not as quiet as an adrenaline rush, but it was for me mm. because uh, weed in particular, mm. um, just the smell of it would set me off with anxiety mm. for mm. so many years mm. to then just go, fuck it, I'm yeah. with people that I feel safe with. It's all right. It's okay. And I'm again, yeah, not advocating, but yeah. it was just me taking on something that I was so scared of and then I was like, oh, I'm actually, I'm okay. And now... I love yeah, it. Yeah. Like... I love the idea of, I know it is this thing of, you know, facing, facing your fears. The thing is, like, jumping out of a blame that, like, my big thing was, like, I'd have to go spend a day with, like, a tax man. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that would be facing my greatest fear. There are too many numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I spend days as an accountant. Well, now I watch Free Willy. Have you seen that film? Free Willy? Do you remember that film? Yeah. Now I watch it and I know what he's saying. What, the, wh- what the whale is the saying? The whale's saying, yeah. I've learned whale. <laughs> Yeah. Great films. Lovely film. They were. Yeah. They were very good. Um, at this point in the podcast, mm-hmm. I'd like to ask the question, okay. which often people find very uncomfortable. Right, okay. <laughs> well, let me get let me get, <clears throat> let me get comfy. Um, we talked a lot about anxiety, but what are the things about you as a person that you really love and cherish and are very proud of? Oh. How long have you got? Um, no, <laughs> no, I love it. That's always my favourite. I, well, like I was saying earlier, I think I always um, value the importance of um, being someone that other people enjoy spending time with. Mm, mm. And I think that is um, valuable in in a lot of like whether it's professional relationships or friendships or whatever. Mm. And I think that's something for me, that's a trait that mm. I uh, try to always be a positive person and a happy person mm. that people want to be around yeah. and feel comfortable with. Yeah. So I quite often, you know, if I meet someone, um, especially like in green rooms and things, people, comics can be awkward. Yeah. And comics can, uh, can um, struggle in certain situations. So I always want people to feel comfortable. Yeah. So I sort of take on sometimes I can see them. I would sort of make them feel safe and comfortable. Yeah. And because that's something that I would want to feel. Yeah, 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 So yeah. I think that's something that I sort of... I think uh, that's a really amazing trait. I honestly I think it's a really beautiful thing to have. Yeah. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's, and also it's not, it's not a, like something that just gives away a huge part of yourself. It's just you being a good person. It's not you taking on other people's emotions and like trying to fix it. It's just yeah. being like, hey, you maybe struggling and I'm just going to help out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I think, and it's important, I think, to um, sort of really do things um, in a way that um, you would like things Mm. done. I think, I guess that is in a way a religious saying, you Mm -hmm. know, do unto others. (laughs) But like, really, I think if you value um, things, I mean, obviously everyone's got different perspectives and feelings and thoughts and things. Um, and some people don't like, I don't be, and uh, again, I don't also don't be overbearing. Mm. So I know some people don't want to be spoken to and mm. they'd rather that, you know, might be an introvert. Mm. And so talking to them in a green room, I can sort of gauge that, you know what I mean? I think that's something else is I, I sort of can gauge people pretty well. So mm. I don't, mm. <laughs> I don't I make sure that I'm not like, hello, <laughs> let me talk to you about whales. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's I think that's really cool. And finding that balance is really awesome as well. What about yeah. you? Oh, um, I think like the one because every so often 
someone asked that back, and I always think, I'm boring. Um, I think like my main thing is because um, I what happened with me was just like so awful and so bad um, when I had my like full on breakdown and ended up in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, the the coming back from that mm-hmm. um, with virtually no assistance mm-hmm. um, from because I lost a lot of friends and I lost um, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And sort of crawling my way back, I think, took a lot of guts and, um, and a lot of bravery. So I'm, I always now look at myself as a really brave person. And I think that's really cool. Also, I'm yeah. just fucking nice. Yeah, yeah. Really fucking nice. <laughs> yeah. And um, really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and I always smell good. I always smell good. And like, <laughs> I can talk to the animals. And Jenny is just like really funny. <laughs> But I feel really like what you were saying is like mm. you were talking about earlier, like you said that, you know, um, maybe that's a trait in the family, the resilience. Mm. You know, you've mm. got a resilient factor there that you were able to on your own um, work through stuff. Mm. I think that's huge. And then I think we're quite similar in that what you're saying there about being nice. Mm. I find sometimes it's at my own detriment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been learning that in the last year and a half to two years especially mm. where I've been learning to also like go, hang on, no, what's what's also good for me? Yeah, and that's what I really struggle with. Yeah. I really, really struggle time. with that. Yeah, yeah because I'm so um, conscious of how others feel. Yeah. And, you know, say yes to this or that or a job or whatever. Yeah. When I go, no, actually, yeah, that's not what I want. Yeah. I and mean, there's like, there's <clears throat> sort of friends and relationships that I realised weren't really serving me particularly. Mm-hmm. And actually I felt quite uncomfortable around, quite anxious around. Mm. But um, I felt like obliged to keep going and always like apologise and, you know. Have a good and cull. Have a fucking cull. <laughs> no, it's like good, I'm like a bitch agent, just like getting rid of all my clients. <laughs> um, at this point, guys, we'd like to we can call this little section "Thank You Letters," where we ask you to express gratitude for a person, a place, or a thing, or one of all three, mm. or just one in particular, one or two, but something for which you are grateful for someone. I somewhere. would say my fiance, Sophie. Yeah, Sophie. Yeah, because she she is someone who saw me at the worst of my anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, has always been a massive advocate of my career mm. and um, my biggest fan, so to speak, and has helped me through so much. And now seeing me where I am now, still encouraging and still loving and caring and I think, uh, like, she's a hell of a woman, you know. Yeah. Um, and she's, like I said, very strong um, and just also very supportive. So I think I'm very grateful mm. for her um, because, you know, um, she also allowed me the um, space to grow mm. as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like she acknowledged, I think, at the time when I look back on it, that there was things I had to mature with and I had to learn mm. and... She noted that, but she was also quite 
educational. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? With yeah. in the relationship perspective, with me just growing as a partner mm. and becoming a better one, um, working through my own fears and anxieties. So yeah, for me, I think that's who I'm majorly grateful for nice. in my life. She's my queen. Yeah. And the cats. And the cats. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. My yeah. cats are great. How many cats do you have? I've got two. What are they called? They're Daffodil is Daffy because <laughs> she was born in the springtime. Yeah. <laughs> She's a little Daffodil. And so Daffy and Mika, um, they're both sisters from two different litters, same dad, different mums. And um, Oh, my God. That's like my sister. <laughs> Really connect That's with your like cat. my little brother. Oh my god, so dad, different moms. I'm really like, ah, I get it. <laughs> it's they're pretty amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I love a ragdoll as well. Mickey, oh. a Mickey's <clears throat> a half a uh, half ragdoll. He's, oh. he's half ragdoll, half Maine Coon. Uh, really? Mm. Oh wow, that's the one I've just met. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, because the short hair threw me off of the Maine Coon side. Mm. Um, Michael. I love, I was always a dog person growing up. Yeah, me too. And then I got cats and people who go, I don't like cats. Mm. I'm like, you're you don't even know. You don't fucking know. You don't fucking, fucking, fucking know. You don't fucking know what you're fucking talking about. Let me talk about cats <laughs> and you'll appreciate it because cats are fucking amazing, okay? I'm going to get really angry about this right now. <laughs> I've learned a lot from my cats, okay? <laughs> My cat's protected me. Uh, <laughs> In that voice, it's so sinister. My cats protect me. Whenever I'm in a bad situation, my cats come through. My cats are there. <laughs> so what would you even know about cats? Fucking effort. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming here today. Thank you so so much for no, being for so me. wonderful and open. Thank you so much for um. And it sounds like I'm crying because I'm laughing. It's good tears. It's happy tears. It's happy tears. Um, but thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Um, I will link everything down below. Is there anything coming up that we can talk about, or is it chic and you're not allowed to tell anybody? No. Um, I start my very first uh UK tour. Wow. Next week. Well, I'm going to link all of that below. Please go and see Thomas Green on tour. Yeah. I'm going all yeah. over the UK and Ireland. Come and see me. Woo! Um, I'll link all of that below, but thank you so, so much for coming today. We loved it. Thank you, Emily. Yay! I'm going call you M. <laughs> <laughs>
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.